hey everyone uh welcome to my first real episode of the end of the world as we know it i wanted to start this episode off by saying that this title was very much inspired by the rem song if any of you know what i'm talking about and with that in mind i just wanted to make a quick note that i really don't mean oh my god, the world is ending, cry, freak out, run into the streets, winter is coming, the end is nigh, etc, etc. Actually, what I mean is, in the title, with some further inspection, at the end of the world as we know it. It means that our world is changing, and it's up to us to decide how. So, with that little foreword out of the way, let's go get to today's topic, gardening. So, a little context for why I chose this topic as my first real episode. I have recently been looking into how to start a community garden in my area, and my mom is also a big gardener, and she's getting all excited to plant a million things this summer, so within a month or so, I will not only have a large green thumb, but a green brain too. Uh, since I currently have a serious case of garden frenzy, I thought this might be a good place to start. So, yeah, I think we're just going to start off with gardening. Like, why? Why should you why should you be a gardener? Well, there's a few reasons actually. It's pretty. <laughs> if you're into that, if you just like having a house that looks nice, it's a great way to kind of spruce up your yard and show off to that annoying neighbor. It can be really fun. I I enjoy it personally. If you're an outdoorsy person, I think you can really get a lot out of that. It can almost be a form of meditation, really. And I think it can be a really good way to connect with nature. And especially if you do live in a more urban environment, gardening can have really a lot of meaning in it. Even if it's just like a little box plot outside of your window where you grow some tomatoes or something like that. Just that having that little bit of earth with you in the concrete jungle can really be quite meaningful and really give you a way to connect with nature that you wouldn't normally have in that environment. So aside from it making your home more attractive and being fun, it has a lot of benefits for the environment as well. It can be really helpful for birds, bees, butterflies, especially depending on, you know, if you plant flowers and what kind of flowers you plant or if, if anything involves seeds, you know, the birds always really like that, but really whatever you do, they're probably going to benefit from it in some way. It also gives you fresh produce or flowers right out of your backyard or windowsill or whatever it is, which is number one, great, but it's also a lot better for the environment and can be very sustainable. If you think about it, think about an average tomato that you buy from the grocery store. Let's say, and even if that tomato is organic, which is better for the environment, and I will cover that topic in more detail in a different video, or <laughs> video, podcast. Even if it is organic, it doesn't have any preservatives, it's non-GMO, probably comes from a totally different part of the country, likely Southern California. If it's winter, it probably comes from somewhere in the southern hemisphere. Just imagine all of the energy, all of the fuel, all of the effort needed to take that tomato from southern California to the grocery store to your mouth. 
that is a lot. It takes it takes a lot to transport food from farms across the country, across the world. And if it wasn't organic, even more than then that they're using a lot of pesticides, preservatives, chemicals. We don't really know all of the effects that those have on the human body yet, but we do know that they can be really harmful for the environment, for animals, air pollution, soil pollution, water pollution, 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 pollution. And then again, so does just the very process of transporting that tomato halfway across the world. If you can get that same tomato out of your own backyard, that's huge. And honestly, in my experience, homegrown stuff tastes a lot better because it's more fresh and you know how that plant was grown you know what chemicals were used if any that can really be beneficial both taste wise and it's also something that you can be proud of like hey i made this i put effort into this now i get to enjoy it so those are just a few reasons why you should try gardening in the first place maybe you already do which is awesome but you know if not maybe that gives you a reason to start but let's say that you already have a garden going maybe you're figuring out what you want to plant i cannot specify enough the importance of native species so there are so many different kinds of plants out there and they are all unique and amazing in their own way, but some kinds of plants are native to your area, and some are not. <laughs> and those are called invasive species. I've heard, I'm sure that you have heard the term before, but yeah, it's actually kind of a bigger deal than you might think. You might just be like, oh, well, these flowers are really pretty, I'll put these in my yard. But the problem is, say that you live in the US and this flower originally comes from somewhere in Europe that flower is not it's not designed essentially to live where you live it's going to have different water needs different climate needs than what is readily available in your area that means not only maybe it won't be quite as successful as a native plant, but it's going to need a lot more resources if it is going to be successful. So lots of times those plants are going to require a lot more water, just a lot more care in general than something that was meant to grow where you live. And so it's really going to have quite an easy time settling in there. The other thing is sometimes when an invasive species does do well in an area, it tends to overtake other native plants. Lots of times the root systems will be quite shallow, leads to soil erosion, which in turn can result in mudslides during floods. It's just, it's just not, not, not a good deal. It leads to a lack of biodiversity. Like I said, they tend to kill off native species and that negatively affects the animal community as well because you've got to remember plants are the base of the food chain. And so when you get rid of the native species of plants, then suddenly those animals are like, wait a second, where'd my food go? what do I, what do I eat now? Yeah, and so, and not only do animals depend on them for food, native species and native animals have coexisted together for thousands, millions of years. So these animals depend on those plants, not just for a food source, but for their living space and habitat. An example for you is that a 
oak tree, which is native to where I live, supports over 500 species of caterpillar versus a ginkgo tree, which is very popular for just landscaping, parking lots, parks, whatever. That ginkgo tree only supports five species of caterpillar, so five versus 500. That is a major difference. Where are those other 495 species of caterpillar gonna go? So the plants that you choose to have in your garden, they can really help or really hinder the natural wildlife around you. Now that we've talked a bit about plants, (laughs) I heard somewhere that those are important for gardening. Weird. I think it's also important to talk about how those plants grow, and by that I mean water. So as I mentioned before, with the native species, lots of times native species are gonna need a lot less water just because they're they're used to the amount of water that where you live typically receives uh, just through rain. But generally speaking, you are still gonna need to water your plants or if you do have grass, and we're gonna talk about that in a minute. But there are a few things to keep in mind when you're watering your garden that can really help you reduce your water use. We kind of need all the water we can get. I know right now in the state that I live in, Utah, we are experiencing a mega drought, which means basically we haven't gotten enough water for about 20 years or so. And that's a symptom of global warming. It's real and it really is starting to have very negative effects, which I will will get into in another episode. But anyways, I got a little off track there. My point is water conservation is so important. You have no idea. So when you're watering your garden, there's a few things that are really good to keep in mind. First of all, rain barrels. Uh, We have two really big rain barrels in our backyard. And basically how they work, really simple. It's just this really big barrel and you put it at the end like where you're where the water comes out of your gutter and that allows that runoff from the rain to fill that barrel up and then you can pour some of the water from that barrel they have like a little you know a little spigot at the bottom you can put that into a watering can use it to water your plants so it's really nice because you just naturally receive that water just from the rain just precipitation in general like like i know we actually did have crazy winter this past winter and our rain barrels are full and these things are big i think that they're around six feet tall and they are literally full so that's gonna allow us to water a lot of plants without drawing out more water which is expensive you know water is expensive and so if you're able to reduce your water use that's not only going to help save the planet but help save you money. Hooray, everybody loves saving money. So rain barrels, for sure. Um, This is kind of a smaller thing that, you know, you might not think makes as much of a difference, but I'd say that this one is especially good for if you have any indoor plants. Basically, reuse your cooking water. And you might be like, what do you even mean by that? What I mean is, say that you boil some water for pasta. Once you cook the pasta, what do you do with that water? You pour it down the drain. Well, not anymore, because now you're going to have a pitcher by your stove, and you're going to pour that water into that pitcher, and guess what you're going to do with it? You're going to water your plants, and I don't know if this is actually true or not, but I'd like to imagine that 
some nutrient from the pasta or something is helping those plants in some way. I don't know. I'm, I might totally be making that up, but you know, it's water. Sorry if you keep hearing a, a clicking sound in the background. I have my AirPods case here and I kind of impulsively just click it. Anywho, cooking water, rain barrels, those are two great things you can do that are honestly really easy, really simple. I'd really encourage you just to look up rain barrels. You can get them for like 50 bucks. Lots of them seem to be more around 100, but it'll definitely save you money in the long run and, you know, help you conserve water, which I feel like is a reward enough in and of itself. So aside from those two things, a really big thing that you can do is with your sprinkler heads. If you have a sprinkler system, multi-stream rotational sprinkler heads is kind of a mouthful. Multi-stream rotational sprinkler heads are the most water efficient form of sprinklers versus normal fixed spray nozzles. And that is according to energy.gov if you're wondering. They make your water distribution more even by 45%. They reduce water use from two inches of water per hour to one. So that is cut in half. That's a big deal. Just making that little change of what kind of sprinkler head you have can really make quite a big difference. It can help your plants. It'll help you save money. It'll just help the earth in general, which... I think hopefully is why you're here. If that's not why, you might be a little confused. <laughs> One last tip I have with the sprinklers. I always see people who it's like the middle of the day and their sprinklers are going off. And I'm like, literally why? Because especially here, we have really hot summers and it's basically always sunny. So it's the middle of the day. The sun is high in the sky. It's like 95 degrees outside I don't know how much of that water is evaporating, but I would be willing to bet a lot of money that it's a large amount of it. So literally, I'm like, why Why do you have to have the sprinklers go off in the middle of the day? Make sure that when you use your sprinklers that you do it early morning, preferably before the sun is even up. You can get timers for your sprinklers. It just times when they go off. It has a schedule, you can change it very easily. You don't even have to worry about it. They just go off without you having to do anything and it's gonna save you so much water because it's not gonna be evaporating. If you don't really wanna do any of this other stuff, that is such an easy fix that is going to help. So now that we've talked about plants and watering said plants, I want to mention not having plants. <laughs> in a garden, which sounds kind of weird. I guess I guess this is less of in a garden, but more just with your lawn. I don't think that people realize how much water grass uses. It's the same kind of grass everywhere. That kind of grass is used just throughout the world, like all over the globe, in all different climates. And so obviously it's not designed to be used in all climates because it's a plant like any other plant. And I feel like I feel like some people are like, oh, it's just grass. Like, <laughs> we're so used to seeing it everywhere that it doesn't even really feel like an actual plant anymore, which I get. In Utah, where I live, they have a program that they call Flip Your Strip, which, now that I'm saying it out loud, sounds kind of weirdly sexual for some reason. Anyways, sorry. <laughs> Anyways, 
basically what it means is like your parking strip and so like in between your sidewalk and the road you know what a parking strip is anyways uh if you replace just the grass in there with like native species or like some cool rocks or you know something like that they pay you basically yeah you can get up to a dollar 25 cents per square foot of flipped strip and i don't know i'm sure that there are other programs like that out there i don't know off the top of my head what they are i don't know if there's any in your area but even just flipping your parking strip can really make a big difference it's estimated that it'll save you between 5000 and 8000 gallons of water per year on average that's a lot of water again increase your curb appeal because that parking strip people see that all the time so i don't know if you're trying to sell your house or you just again maybe you have a neighbor that you really don't like and you'd be like hey kathy look at my line it looks so much cooler than yours um but anyways that's just another little thing i thought that i would throw in there and and i really encourage you to do that with like the rest of your lawn too i'm not saying you just have to be like no no grass i'm just gonna have pile of rocks because there actually is a house in my neighborhood that did that and where their lawn used to be is literally just it's not even like cool rocks they're just like pebbles which i mean good for them kind of i guess i mean it's cool like you're definitely saving water but you know i mean you could at least put some like native species of plants in there kind of spice it up a bit help out the bees which really need your help anyways if you feel like having a big project or or hiring people I think definitely would save you a lot of time and effort, but if you're if you want to carve it out yourself, then like I admire you, then yeah, you can carve out some of your lawn, make it into garden beds, and plant some nice native species, vegetables there, whatever. So yeah, that is kind of all that I have to say about personal gardens. It has been twenty three minutes of me blabbing, and uh, my throat's kind of dry, but. The one last thing that I wanted to super quick was community gardens. Uh, if you remember, it feels like ages ago since I've been talking so long, at the very beginning of this episode, I mentioned that I am wanting to start a community garden in my area. And that hasn't really, I don't know, I've been doing my research, I've been watching videos, looking on websites, that kind of thing, so it's not like that has actually, the process has actually really begun yet, but I'm kind of excited about it. I think that that could be a really cool project, and there really aren't any community gardens in my immediate area, like in my city. So yeah, excited about that, but I just wanted to see if maybe I could inspire you a little bit to either help out or just check out or start your own community garden. I honestly think that's just such a cool idea. I mean, you know, community is in it for a reason. I think it can really unite communities and give you an excuse to to work with and get to know other people in your community and really kind of form that community because I personally feel like nowadays... I can't believe I just said nowadays. Like, I'm so old. This 15-year-old over here. Anywho. Anywho makes me sound old, too. Okay, sorry. I'll get back to the point. I do kind of feel like now with smartphones and, you know, all of this modern technology, it can be really distancing for people. There's not as much of a reason anymore 
to get to know your neighbors or to even go outside. I mean, if you wanted to, you could literally live your entire life inside your house. You can get groceries delivered. You can get anything you need delivered. You can work from home. There is no reason that you have to leave. I'm definitely not saying that you should do that. I think that's a horrible idea for your mental and physical health, let alone social and just life experiences. Anyways, I'm getting off track again. Community gardens. It's a really cool way in this day and age to connect with people, get to know your neighbors, just people in your city, people in your state, province, providence, province or providence. I don't know. Someone has to let me know. It can be a really great educational opportunity. Uh, I think they can really be especially great for kids. I myself went to a summer camp at a community garden when I was like 10, and it was like the best summer camp I've ever been to. It was so much fun. It promotes healthier lifestyles. It gives you easier access to these fruits and vegetables. And if you don't know how a community garden works exactly, it kind of Well, it kind of depends on the garden. But typically, you can, like, get your own plot in the garden where you can grow and harvest your own fruits and vegetables or you can share it with the community. It kind of depends. I feel like every garden runs it a little differently. But it can really be helpful in food deserts. I know that there are some gardens. I actually, I found one not too far away from where I live, where what they produce is specifically for people who really need it. So not just for, like, people who just garden for leisure, but people who are not able to afford food regularly. Lots of people in the unhoused community. So, yeah, I think it can really be beneficial for everybody involved. It helps you get outside. It's a great way to make use of abandoned land plots or just kind of plots of land where there's not really anything going on and you know they might have a lot of potential and it's just it's a lot more sustainable again like I mentioned earlier think of that tomato it's a lot more sustainable if you go get that same tomato from somewhere in your neighborhood than Mexico I don't actually know if they grow tomatoes in Mexico that might have been a bad example but you get the idea and with that I will stop yapping your ear off and I hope that you got something out of this podcast episode I will be posting another one next Sunday. I made a whole list of like topic ideas for these episodes and I have a lot. I think I have like I think I have like a little over 15. But if you have anything in particular that you would like to hear, feel free to let me know. I will actually I actually you know what? I will leave my email in the description box so you can hit me up if you want to. If you have any tips, suggestions, questions like totally feel free to ask. And yeah, with that, I will see you guys next week. Bye!